it was the first time in Southern history at that time that an African-American defeated a white candidate in a single-member district. Immediately after that, the General Assembly met to devise multi-member districts. For the News and Observer, I'm Brian Murphy, your host for this special episode of Under the Dome. This is our second special edition of Under the Dome, focused on the new podcast from Serial and the New York Times called The Improvement Association, which chronicles the 2018 election fraud case in North Carolina's 9th Congressional District. When they release an episode, we'll release one too. Think of ours as a companion piece. This week, my colleague Carly Brousseau interviewed North Carolina Central Professor Irving Joyner for a discussion about race and politics in Bladen County and North Carolina. The second episode of the Serial Podcast focuses on the racial tension and the accusations that follow in Bladen County between white voters and the black Bladen County Improvement Association, as well as some history of voting rights in that county. Carly, can you give us a quick preview of your conversation? Yeah, I talked to Irving Joyner, who is, like you said, a professor at Central. He's been involved in all kinds of um, litigation and just other work around black voting rights in North Carolina. So I thought he would be a perfect person to kind of put what happened in Bladen County in the context of the rest of the state and beyond that. And if you listen to the serial podcast, you'll hear from from some white voters as well as uh, some members of the Bladen County Improvement Association who discuss this mistrust between what's happening um, with the association, with the PAC, as well as uh, the perception of, of what some white voters have about what the PAC is doing. Here's Carly's interview with Irving Joyner. Thank you for joining me in this conversation. I know that you know an awful lot about the history of black political struggle in North Carolina. So I was hoping you could put Bladen County Improvement Association, the subject of Serial's latest podcast in context. First, would you introduce yourself to our listeners? What's been the focus of your legal work and teaching over the years? Okay, I'm Irving Joyner, and I am a professor at North Carolina Central University School of Law. My focus uh, in the uh, law school has been on um, civil rights, race and the law, and uh, criminal law. Uh, those are my uh, specialty uh, areas, and I have engaged in uh, a long-term uh, involvement in uh, political uh, participation, voting rights, and uh, uh, efforts to uh, deal with the uh, political process in uh in this state and other states. Have you had any involvement with the Bladen County Improvement Association? I have. O over the years, uh, recent years, I have been involved uh, with them in uh, a number of capacities. And help me understand the broader picture in North Carolina. Are there other groups like the Bladen County Improvement Association? Yes, uh, the uh, Bladen County Improvement Association is uh, an, organization's, uh, an organization uh, that uh, basically worked within the African-American communities to advance political, social, and educational interests. Uh, this uh, notion of uh, forming, uh, I guess, what is called PACs uh, today, but uh, citizens' associations started 
back around 1935 uh, with the uh, Durham Committee on the Affairs of uh, Black People. And uh, that organization served in this Jim Crow era as a go-between for African-Americans who were uh, encountering problems uh, with the uh, the systems in that uh, city or in that uh, county. And they interceded on behalf of members of uh, that community to see that uh, justice was achieved. It was a uh, necessary power center uh, within the community because individuals were reluctant uh, to uh, confront the powers that be during those days because of widespread uh, physical violence uh, that would be uh, directed uh, toward them. So they looked for people within the community who had influence uh, within the uh, white community structures, whether it was business, whether it was schools, whether it was politics, medical, whatever the the uh, the, the issue uh, was. And so the uh, Durham Committee on the Affairs of uh, Black People was organized. And then in other communities around the state, uh, they replicated what had occurred uh, in, uh, in Durham. And it was through that uh, political participation that African-Americans began to achieve some uh, political involvement uh, during uh, Jim Crow. Uh, doing Jim Crow. So not only did you have these informal kinds of uh, interactions, but you also had uh, formal efforts to register people to vote and to get them to the polls and to help them to understand who it was that were seeking public office that uh, uh, would support the needs and uh, uh, protections for the, the African-American uh, community. So out of that, uh, African-Americans began to develop common strategies uh, from county to county and from city to city uh, in dealing with the powers that be and looking at and attacking laws that were on the books to uh, uh, suppress uh, the ability of African-Americans to uh, vote and participate in the political franchise. What are some examples of those strategies? Well, um, and I can kind of use uh, the, the history uh, a little bit. Uh, in uh, 1947, um, Kenneth Williams, Reverend Kenneth Williams in Winston-Salem, was elected to the Winston-Salem uh, City Council. It was the first time in Southern history at that time that an African-American defeated a white candidate in a single-member district. Uh, and immediately after that, the General Assembly met to devise multi-member districts all over the state where there were large African-American concentrations to prevent that uh, from occurring uh, again. Uh, through the um, uh, African-American pacts, which were in existence at the time, uh, there was a concerted strategy now to continue to get African-Americans out to vote, but then to uh, simply vote for one candidate. It's called single-shot voting. Uh, so that was a coordinated strategy that grew out of the thinking 
of uh, these various packs, and it was widely used across uh, the state, and it re- resulted in the elections of 10, 12 African Americans to city councils, to uh, boards of uh, education uh, in uh, various counties. So it uh, provided uh, an opportunity for people across county lines, across city lines, to come together and develop strategy to counteract what uh, the uh, white community was doing to promote uh, this notion of, uh, of Jim Crow. Uh, so that's one example of, of how the work of these agencies uh, played out. How was their work received by the white community? It was mixed. Uh, in Durham, uh, because of the large concentration of a more educated grouping of uh, African-Americans, uh, there were successful efforts to uh, bridge the gap. Uh, in uh, down east counties, uh, it became more antagonistic, uh, where fi- whites saw that as uh, an attack. Uh, on them and something that they should uh, uh, repress uh, by the uh, use of either violence or uh, the laws that were in existence at uh, at the time. So it, it depended on uh, where you uh, where you were located. Uh, in Raleigh, uh, you had the uh, Raleigh Citizens uh, Wake Raleigh Wake Citizens uh, Council, and and these things are still in existence uh, today. Uh, in Charlotte, you had uh, a, a similar group. In Greensboro, Winston-Salem, you had similar groups. So the Bladen County Improvement Association is just a replica of all those things that have been uh, present uh, in African-American communities uh, since uh, the Jim Crow era. And some of the strategies that Bladen County Improvement Association has used and has um, been criticized for, or at least there has been some debate about in the community, like sample ballots. Are those common strategies? Is that a common technique? It, it is. Uh, uh, today, uh, the uh, Durham County, uh, the Durham Committee on Affairs of Black People will ha- endorse candidates. The Wake Raleigh uh, Citizens Association will uh, endorse candidates. The same things in, in Greensboro, uh, in uh, uh, Clinton, uh, in Kinston, uh, New Bern, wherever you are, uh, there will be the uh, African-American group that will endorse candidates and they will pass out uh, those uh, slates uh, to people either on election day or immediately before uh, election day so that when they go to the polls, they will have some idea of who uh, the favored people are in uh, those elections. Of course, they can vote for whomever they want to vote for, but the uh, the recommendations that come from these uh, PACs uh, uh, show uh, what a community census is as to who ought to receive uh, their votes, and they're very effective uh, because typically you will have 90 to 95 percent of African Americans following uh, the uh, the guidance that they receive from these uh, various PACs around the state. One of the things that Zoe Chase, the reporter in Serial, talks about in, in one of the episodes is the sample ballots and members of the Improvement Association asking for the ballots back because they had had previous instances of the ballots being sort of copied and adjusted. There being um, some kind of sort of fake version of the sample ballot. Is that also commonplace? That, yeah. And, and, and that, that is why 
uh, the uh, uh, ballots are given out or the uh, the uh, slate uh, is given out on election day when people arrive at the poll or the night before uh, so that uh, it will make it more difficult to uh, to copy that. That is uh, uh, less uh, effective today uh, than it was uh, 15, 20 years ago, and certainly in 1945, 1950 uh, or so. Uh, today, you can uh, replicate a ballot in about a half a second and uh, get them out and distribute them uh, a- around. Uh, but uh, prior to 2000, uh, that was not something that was readily available for people to do. But there are instances where, you know, those ballots, uh, both in their style, uh, in their color, uh, has, have, have been uh, copied and uh, circulated uh, within the community. And uh, these uh, organizations make efforts uh, to prevent that uh, from, uh, from occurring. Another sort of broader question I wanted to ask you because of your expertise is just what voter suppression looks like and how the face of voter suppression may have changed over the years. Um, Zoe Chase is talking with one of the Republicans in Bladen County who is talking about how, you know, his, that's sort of in the past. Nobody's jumping out of the bushes at, at a polling place now and, and preventing somebody from voting. But what does voter suppression look like now? Is that the only kind of face of it? Well, I, I would I would disagree because even today there is uh, intimidation uh, at uh, these uh, polling places where large numbers of African Americans will show up. We still have people showing up at the polls uh, with guns uh, who are standing around uh, the polls in an intimidating uh, stance, uh, or at least that is the perception of people who come to the poll when they see someone coming to a polling site uh, that's uh, that's armed. Uh, and if uh, the uh, uh, location uh, is one where large numbers of African-Americans uh, uh, typically will vote, uh, that is certainly viewed suspiciously. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a continuing uh, one. So that, that's still going on. But you also have uh, changing of the uh, polling sites. You have uh, the uh, efforts to... Um, uh, keep people from being able to uh, to register. The whole notion of voter ID is a uh, voter suppression uh, uh, tactic. Uh, then uh, uh, preventing or uh, gerrymandering of political uh, districts. So a whole range of different things that are in place that would either discourage people from running or discourage people from uh, actually voting, or changing the configuration of the districts uh, from which candidates uh, can uh, uh, can be voted on uh, by the uh, by the electorate. So all of those things are part of the uh, voter suppression effort. And are those all things that um, groups like Bladen County Improvement Association is working to combat, or do they focus on a smaller piece of the puzzle? Well, the, all, all of these associations will f- focus on all of these uh, tactics. 
Um, and there will be communications between uh, various groups uh, around the uh, state uh, where there are efforts in the legislature to improve opportunities for uh, people to vote, particularly African-American. Uh, they'll join in and uh, voice their support for those things. On, on the other side, if there are things going on in the legislature that they uh, that that that's the, that that favors voter suppression, then they will join to oppose uh, those efforts. They are readily available for uh, to get engage in uh, litigation to challenge uh, votes uh, voting suppressive uh, efforts. Uh, they are actively um, involved with the uh, board of elections uh, to challenge uh, what has occurred at the vote voting sites. They are present at the various polling sites to see what is going on and to record uh, what is uh, is going on. People are assigned uh, to these uh, voting districts uh, to be, or uh, polling sites rather, uh, to be available for people who encounter problems and then to report those problems back, uh, whether it is to voter protection hotline or whether it is to uh, challenge it with the uh, Board of Elections when uh, the votes uh, are tabulated. So these organizations play a vital role in looking at the total scope of the uh, voting process, and their members are very adamant about actually seeing what is going on and getting their people out to the polls uh, to vote. And what's your assessment of the state of the Black vote right now? Has there been a retrenchment in access to the polls, or are you seeing actual improvements? Beginning in, uh, I guess, 1990, uh, when you look at the uh, legislation uh, here in, in the state, uh, efforts were made to improve the opportunities for people to vote. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, you voted on one day. Uh, that was uh, the second Tuesday or first Tuesday in uh, in uh, in November, and everybody had to vote on that day between the hours of 7 and 7. Uh, and if you couldn't get to the polls to vote on uh, that day, uh, you were uh, out of luck. Uh, so beginning in uh, the 90s uh, with the administration of Dan Blue, who was Speaker of the House uh, at the time, and Toby Fitch and Mickey Mashaw uh, and others, uh, they, they introduced a series of legislation that uh, resulted in uh, improved opportunities for people to register to vote because you used to have to go to the Board of Elections between 9 and 5 in order to register. Uh, so the first thing was to improve uh, those opportunities for people to register. And now uh, you have a situation where you can just register just about any time you want to register. Uh, you can go on the Internet and, and, and register. You have people coming to the church uh, to get you to uh, register. You have people at the uh, shopping malls. Uh, those, uh, those efforts resulted from changes in the legislation, uh, in North Carolina that permitted registration to occur, uh, that way and the development of some security to ensure, uh, that people properly, uh, registered. So, uh, you started with that in terms of registration and then you went to, uh, early voting. Uh, and then you had, uh, voting by mail. Uh, absentee uh, voting, because back in the 90s, uh, 80s, you couldn't vote uh, absentee. Uh, so uh, a lot of the legislative efforts uh, that was uh, supported during that time, uh, it sought to improve 
the opportunities for people to register and then to vote. So now we have 17 days of early voting. You have uh, enlarged efforts to vote uh, by uh, by mail uh, and uh leaving you in a situation on election day that you don't have the long lines at the polls and people having to uh, cut cut out of work uh, in order to uh, to go vote. So the uh, improvement in these opportunities resulted in a significant increase in the number of African-Americans who are, are registered and then those who actually come out to uh, to vote. Uh, and that uh, those efforts kind of uh, increased or escalated uh, in the early uh, 2000, 2003, 2004, uh, right on up to 2008 when uh, Barack Obama uh, ran uh, for president in 2012. And uh, you had robust uh, political participation within African-American communities, mainly because these new opportunities uh, existed in the state for people to register and to vote. And then what you found was that in other states around the uh, country, they followed what uh, had uh, occurred uh, in, uh, in, in North Carolina because North Carolina was seen as a uh, prototype, as a progressive uh, prototype. Uh, so now we're where we are. Uh, beginning in 2010, you then had efforts to cut back on all of those opportunities. And then uh, the elimination of uh, what uh, souls to the polls, for instance, uh, which was a device uh, developed in African-American communities to allow the, the religious communities to take a uh, forward step in getting their members out to uh, register and uh, to uh, vote. Uh, Now you have efforts to cut back on the number of days, uh, the hours in the day uh, that these uh, early voting sites will be available uh, for people to vote, whether they can vote on the the weekends uh, or not. Uh, and, of course, the uh, vote ID uh, effort that is uh, underway uh, presently and is uh, under litigation uh, at, this, uh, at this point. So, so there, there, there is a return to those efforts uh, to uh, cut back on the uh, successes that uh, African-Americans and Latinos have had in uh, expanding uh, the opportunities to register and then the opportunities to actually cast the ballot. Uh, Concurrent with that is the opportunity and inspiration of uh, racial minorities to run for office Uh, because there's no point in running if you don't have a chance of winning. Uh, so with these uh, increased opportunities, it is now more attractive uh, to uh, people to want to be candidates uh, where they will have an equal shot at uh, obtaining uh, votes that will allow them to win. And that has been uh, successful throughout uh, this uh, history, beginning around 1990, where there's been a significant increase in the number of people who have been uh, elected at the uh, uh, county, town, uh, and uh, state level into these uh, legislative positions. Thank you so much for taking this time to talk us through the context and give us this great history. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, engaging me in this conversation. 
For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.